Welcome to the Books from the Basement podcast, episode four. I'm Amy Thorakin. And I'm Lisa Burkett. This is a podcast where Lisa and I discuss books from our favorite series we read growing up in the 70s and 80s. The first series we chose is Trixie Belden. And in this episode, we revisit the first half of The Gatehouse Mystery, which is book number three in the series. This was written by Julie Campbell in 1951. And I believe both Lisa and myself read the paperback version that was edited in 1977. Lisa, do you have some housekeeping issues before we get started on the book? I have a few things to note. First of all, I just wanted to let people know some options of where they can find the Trixie Belden books. So if they want, they can read along with us and discuss the books on social media. Libraries have some of the volumes there if your library is open. And then on Kindle, they have some available, not all. Also, Facebook Marketplace and eBay. And I would just say watch the shipping costs for those because sometimes right. they say the book is $4 and then shipping is 8 <laughs> So, And also buy in sets and it's much cheaper that way. Mm-hmm. So that's a little information. And then uh, we have a, we do have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Both are called Books from the Basement Podcast. It is a private group. So you'll have to answer a few questions and then uh, we admit you to the group. Then then once they're in, they can discuss then you can, yep, with other post, members. Ask questions or that sort of thing. That'll be fun. Yeah. Also on the Facebook page, I'll be posting photos of all the book covers. Right now, we'll have uh, Secret of the Mansion and the Red Trailer Mystery, which are the first two books we read. And then I will post Gatehouse Mystery probably in the next few days. Oh, and I thought we should bring up maybe a few of the other series we're thinking about doing in the future. So I know Betsy Tacey, maybe some Nancy Drew. You had a couple that you... Uh, Katie John mm-hmm. was a favorite I read. We also had discussed, of course, Little House on the Prairie. Absolutely. Ginny and Geneva. Some of these our listeners might have heard of and some not. For example, I have never even heard of Trixie Belden before we started this series. And I am am deep in now. It's very sad that you didn't have this experience. I didn't like mysteries, though. When I was growing up, the mystery part was too tense for me. I wanted just, you know, happy, happy happy books about contemporary kids. (laughs) Contemporary kids doing non-mysterious things. Yes. Okay. And then the other things I wanted to bring up, there's a, actually a webpage that's just nitpicks from the Trixie Belden books. So all of the little things about why are their ages never changing? And why is this horse changing from a mare to a gelding? And I'm just going to give the website address because we don't really go into that. We we talk more about the characters and how they're behaving and thinking and that. It's B-A-R-B-L-N dot org and then forward slash Trixie. So you can find a lot of fun things there. There's also, if you search Trixie Belden tidbits, there's kind of some fun information. That's yeah, there are a lot of a lot of nitpicky things in these books. There are. And I know we hit some of them just because they're they're super obvious, but there's so many that it would be, you know, weeks of podcasting. Oh, I also I think we talked about last time about the word gleeps and how often it's used and how it hadn't wasn't used in the first two books. And you asked mm-hmm. me how often it's used. So when, when does it start? 
It starts in book three. Okay. <laughs> Did you not notice? <laughs> I think I do have it circled a couple times. It said seven times by Mart. Mart only. Just Mart. And then in book four, Trixie says it once. It's not almost exclusively her word until book eight. If you have any questions as we go forward about how many times Gleep is said, this is from Trixie Belted Tidbits, and it's actually a graph somebody did (laughs) and counted every time. So I highly recommend this website. They have a lot of funny things. So we are playing around with the format of this podcast a little bit. You might notice from one to the next that we don't have a specific way of going about it. And um, we are continuing down that path today with a trying another way of going yes, about we it. Are. What we're going to do is I am going to, I wrote up an outline of the entire book. And I'm going to go through that chapter by chapter. And then each chapter, we're going to discuss the things that we find interesting after I lay out the important facts about the chapter. So we're going to start with chapter one, which begins on Tuesday evening with Trixie writing a letter to her brothers at camp, filling them in. The next day on Wednesday, Bobby cuts his knee on the gatehouse floor and Trixie and Honey search to see what happened, and they find a diamond. So, yeah. what did you think about chapter one? Did you have anything that you noticed? Well, yes. So, she writes a really long letter to her brothers, and it was a really good vehicle for the author to sum up what's happened in books one and two for people who have not read those two. Um, Because apparently she has not written a letter to these boys all summer. She waited till three days before they're coming home (laughs) because she's explaining who Honey is, who Jim is, where they live, the dog. I noticed in the letter that we find out Reagan is 22. 22 going on 50. He looks and acts like he's in his 40s and growing up, I thought that's how old he was. Probably when we were growing up, 22 seemed really old anyway. Probably. If we re- if you read these when you were 10 or 11 or something. Yeah. Like yeah. 22. I also thought it was odd that Mrs. Belden can't keep an eye on Bobby and the pressure cooker at the same time. I feel like if she has a way to get right. Bobby out of her hair, she's going to take it. Also, he's got issues with first he can talk, then he can't talk. Within a sentence, he can <laughs> say big words, but then can't say little words. So that's... I feel like he regressed in this book and he can't talk very well. But but there are times where he'll say a full sentence. So it's very, it's very strange. Yeah, he's a handful in this book. I didn't really have much on this chapter. That's it. That's all I really have. Oh, we should say the gatehouse is located on the property of the manor house. It is overgrown with vines and brush that you can barely see it from the road. Yeah, it used to be the gatehouse. So that was the a different entrance when we've had automobiles. And so it's down near the road. Yeah, where they used to keep the carriages yes. and the sleighs, I guess. And they had, yes. The carriages right. and the They're slaves, different. did you say? Slaves. <laughs> slaves. <laughs> like the slaves? Oh, God, I hope we're, not. We're, kind of, we're in the north here. We're yeah. in northern. <laughs> I think they had slaves in New upstate York. New York. Okay, are we ready to go on to two? Yes. Okay, in chapter two, Honey takes the diamond and, the, and hides it in her jewelry box. There's a secret compartment. 
And Trixie got the feeling that someone was watching them while they were in the gatehouse. She just mm-hmm. felt, that, felt that creepy feeling. So Trixie and Honey find shovels to dig up the dirt floor and they have to cut away the vines to get more light. And when they do that, they discover a heel print. They deduce that the floor was muddy after Monday's rain and dried, embedding the diamond into the floor. Outside the window, they hear a twig snap and they hear the sound of hurrying feet. Someone was listening. Dun, dun, Ex- dun. Exclamation mark. In this chapter, I have a couple things I found interesting. The first one was where Trixie has an interesting theory. She has many theories in this chapter. She does. Which one are you talking about? (laughs) I'm referring to the one that if they hadn't decided to explore the cottage until the next week, no one would have known about the diamond. And so they're not doing anything wrong if they keep it a few days and don't take it to the police because it would have just been sitting there anyway. I thought for a 13-year-old, that was actually a pretty good theory. It's not logical, but but for a 13-year-old who doesn't think past, you know, that part of the idea, I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's funny that she knows that what she wants to do is solve this mystery before the police do. she, she She has that whole knowledge, like, wouldn't it be fun to keep this and figure it out? Yeah, that's what gets her into trouble. She never wants to bring adults into the situation unless absolutely necessary. And even she says, don't tell a soul about it. Not even Jim. Her, It's like she has a hierarchy. Like her first choice would be don't tell anyone, even honey. Right. <laughs> then if she has to, honey's in on it. Then if they have to, maybe Jim. And then if they have to, maybe Martin Brian. I also thought it was interesting that they described Jim as a tall, redheaded boy and his adopted father climbing out of the sedan. I I understand that they want it clear that he's adopted. I don't know. I believe that was in Trixie's letter. So not sure why they why the words were that. But it just sounds a that's a strange way to write those words. I thought it was a funny theory that didn't go anywhere, but there was a theory that it was stolen by a fruit tramp. Oh, the fruit tramp. Yeah. So her theory involves that the tramp stole the diamond from the last farmer that he worked for, hitchhiked here to pawn the diamond in a faraway town. And then Honey thought that made a lot of sense. So how would he have, What she had a weird way that he would have transported it. Yes. So she thought that the tramp would take the pit out of the peach and slip the diamond inside. What a perfect hiding place. Oh, that seems like an awfully big hole for a small diamond. In a peach, which is real, real juicy and messy and probably... How would you get the pit out without cutting a huge hole and then jabbing at it and i don't know that's well that theory i I don't think went very far but the thought (laughs) of that in my head was kind of gross it's it's gross it's very gross is tramps a politically correct word to use in 1970 whatever tramp hobo yeah i just don't know about those yeah but that won't be the first time in this series (laughs) for sure when they heard someone talking about where they had the diamond, my last thought of the chapter was better move the diamond, honey, which they just don't. No, not think you. If not, you think someone heard you saying where it is, they don't best see find a new hiding place ASAP. 
right now. Okay. Also, last time I kind of waited until the end to go over the changes that had been made from 1948 to 1977. Mm-hmm. And I think now this time I'm just going to interchange them. Okay. You have one for that chapter? Yes. Okay. So this is where she notices Jim and Reagan working on the sedan. The sentence reads, look, you can see Daddy and Jim as plain as they can be from here. They're coming down the front steps. It was changed to Jim and Reagan are both working on the sedan. Reagan's been complaining that what with his having to drive servants back and forth and having such trouble with car repair, we need a chauffeur. I really think I'm going to have to speak to Daddy about it. Look, you can see Reagan and Jim working on the car from here. So starting in the deluxe version... It was changed to that. I don't really understand why. I think they had to start putting the idea of them needing a chauffeur in the back of the reader's minds, because that is a big piece of the mystery. That's also, true. We're talking about talking about servants. Maybe those slaves were, I wasn't so far off with the <laughs> I did not say slaves. I find it interesting that they switched people, but yeah, I guess it would Mm -hmm. come up because Reagan and Miss Trask seem to be doing all the driving. Okay, should we move on to chapter three? Let's. Last we knew, they were in the gatehouse and heard someone running away. So in chapter three, Trixie dashes out after the eavesdropper straight into Poison Ivy. Uh Uh-oh. Dick comes and applies for a job as the chauffeur just kind of walks in off the street, I guess, and knows they're looking for a chauffeur out of the blue. Gallagher the gardener quits because Trixie and Honey didn't return the saws and shovels to the tool house. So he got very upset and quit. So now they don't have a gardener or a chauffeur. That's chapter three summed up. Okay. Time-wise, how does that go? Does Dick come that same day? Yes, this is still Wednesday. We find out later how how he found out they needed a chauffeur. But in this chapter, they talk a lot about chauffeurs. They do. Dropped the word chauffeur 10 times. Oh, really? You counted. I did count because it just was like, my new chauffeur, the new chauffeur, your new chauffeur, the chauffeur's (laughs) car. Look at your, we needed a chauffeur. So I was like, okay, why? And, but yeah, 10 times in one chapter. (laughs) Yes, I, I felt like it was happening a lot. I did not count, so I appreciate that you did. There there seems to be this theme, which I don't really understand, about the fear that the employees at the manor house are going to quit. They seem to tiptoe around the servants for fear that they will quit and then they'll have to hire someone new, which I guess if you live in a small town is a problem. They come and they go. They Do we need to talk about Cook? There's so many, so, they can't remember their name. They just call them Cook. I don't know what's happening them. in that kitchen where their cooks are quitting so much. I know. They get to either get rides to and from the village instead of taking right. a bus. Right. Or they, if they live in, they've got a air conditioning and television and phone up on the third floor. I don't know right. what's so bad about it. I don't either. Maybe just cooking for the wheelers is a problem. Maybe because they never know how many people are going to be there to eat. (laughs) They get annoyed. Also, we have Trixie saying, again, she's glad they're poor because the servant problem would drive me mad. Also, this, this is kind of a bigger thing. At this point is when they change 
detectives from Dick's to the schoolgirl Seamus's. So Melanie Knight, who we know, did a lot of research and wrote an entire book on Trixie Belden. Mm -hmm. This is what she says. And this is from Schoolgirl Seamus's Incorporated, which is the Mm -hmm. name of her book. When Dick became slang for something other than detective, (laughs) which we all know what that is, Trixie and Honey could no longer safely be called mall dicks. This was changed. Be called what? Mall dicks. M-O-L-L. It says this was changed to schoolgirl Seamus's. However, the meaning is not the same. Mall, M-O-L-L, is generally applied to a woman. So the change makes them seem less mature. Because of the schoolgirl. Right. So it would have been like a woman detective instead of a schoolgirl. So because of the connotation of the word dick, they change that. They must have been mortified that the name of the chauffeur is Dick in this book and they have to use his name a lot. (laughs) They couldn't really change it. Yeah. Which is an interesting time to make this change. (laughs) Maybe they should have waited a book, but they wanted the book to be proper. And now it is. Okay. Are you ready to move on or did you have anything else from that chapter? I I thought it was interesting that it's been a month now since Jim has come to live with the Wheelers and they are waiting for Brian and Mart are supposed to come home in, in a day or two. And he, they sit down on the porch and Jim's like, tell us about your brothers, Trixie. Honey, and I can't wait to meet them. So you think that at, by this point they should have. They should have uh, talked about them. And then her response is a lot of uh, physical attributes about them. Tall they are, what color their hair is and their no. eyes. Just what Jim wants to know. What the important things to a 13-year-old girl are. <laughs> okay, moving on. Did Is this where Trixie gets the poison ivy treatment of kerosene on her shoes? Yeah, that is was that also chapter? in chapter? That was in chapter three. She had, to, she had to take a shower with laundry soap, give her sh- clothes, that that to, gave her clothes to the, Celia the maid to wash And they washed her shoes with kerosene. I I don't remember there being a cure for poison ivy except putting, remember that pink calamine lotion? I do. That you would put and then it would dry. That's what the only thing we ever did for poison ivy. I didn't realize you could wash with laundry soap. And kerosene. But I think I would throw those shoes away, not wear them after they've been washed in kerosene. Right. Kerosene, because kerosene is the same as gasoline that you put in a car it's not the same but it's flammable it's what they used to use in lamps in like the 1800s right it's just uh it burns it would catch on fire pretty quickly okay thursday chapter four so in chapter four dick has been hired to be the new chauffeur he's gruff with trixie but he loves bobby can't get enough of bobby When Reagan tries to carry Dick's suitcase up to the apartment above the, is it above the stable? I think it is where Reagan lives. Mm -hmm. He grabs it away or he won't let him carry it. And it's very suspicious. A new gardener has been hired named Naylor, who suddenly and mysteriously appeared looking for a job. Along with, I believe, a maid named Helen also just showed up. So we've got... At this point, we've got a lot of suspects in the mystery coming to light. Trixie and Honey return to the gatehouse to look for clues. 
and find another footprint. And this one has a rubber heel. It looks to them like there was a fight and that other prints had been scuffed away. They go outside and find more rubber boot prints and they walk down the path and find more footprints. And this time it's both kinds. Okay, so do you have anything to discuss in chapter four? I have an inflation calculation (gasps) question. Okay, I'm ready. So Dick, how he, you were mentioning how he loves Bobby. Right. And he is kind of trying to suck up to Bobby a little bit. And he um, gives him two quarters to buy a strainer to catch frogs in because he was using mummy's best strainer. Interesting. He doesn't call her mom's. Yeah, he does call her mummy. Not to her face, but well, I guess we never really see him talking to her. So 50 cents in 1950 is $4.84. That is a lot for a strainer. Well, it was mummy's best strainer, so I don't know. Well, yeah, but this one's for him. Or are we thinking he's replacing it? Because he said you could buy a strainer for your very own. Yes. But if if I were Mrs. Uh, Belden, I would suggest that he not buy her or give her back that strainer. Yeah. But he's not catching frogs in. I mean, I get that people eat frogs, but. All right. So he kind of basically reached in his pocket and gave him a $5 bill. Yeah. Honey is relieved that Miss Trask isn't angry with them. She already hired a new gardener. That's all I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah they it, it was it was a chapter full of every tiny little clue. There was a new theory exactly, it, and then a new theory behind it, and then a new theory, and it got a little confusing as to what really happens in the plot and what the theories are. I find that to be true through this entire book, and so yes. at the end of after we go through the book, I think I will just do a rundown of the actual case. Yeah, And so we can discern what actually did happen. That will be helpful. Good. I will do that then. We're moving right along here. Chapter five. Trixie and Honey find rubber heel prints on the road. And also there's tire tracks on the side of the road. Trixie decides that leather heels, which she is now calling the man with the non-rubber heels, I guess they are, waited in the car while rubber heels spied on them. And she also suspects Naylor might be part of the gang, which is what Mm. she refers to as the jewel thieves. He will be rooming in the house on the third floor with two female staff. Is that how you read that? Dick wanted to sleep inside the house, but... Because Naylor, I think, was sleeping upstairs, he had to room with Reagan. That's how I read it. But it seemed a little odd that the cook and Celia were going to be upstairs with this strange guy they just hired off the street. And Dick came first and he wanted to sleep in the house. And they said, no, you have to be with Reagan. Naylor came after and then they put him. Do we know that though? Because it sounds like it's just, we're kind of told, oh, by the way, there's a new gardener too. We don't necessarily, I guess, know the order, but yeah, it was just weird. I thought that he was going to be upstairs. Then let's see, Trixie convinces Honey not to tell Jim or her parents about the diamond because we know she does not want anyone to find out what she's doing until she can solve the mystery herself and she decides to spend the night at honey's to trap the thief trixie finds out that bobby showed dick honey's window so now we kind of understand why dick loves bobby so much because he could get a six-year-old 
He's pumping a six-year-old for information. Very interesting that for a little boy who can't communicate very well, he sure gives (laughs) Dick a lot of information in this book. He does. And he keeps alluding to the fact that he did and no one questions him. Right. He keeps saying, we have a sea crud. We have lots of sea cruds. Yeah. And then no one bothers to ask him more details except Dick, I guess. Yeah. Dick's the one who's telling him it's a secret. That's all I have for notes. This is the chapter where Bobby falls and breaks his glass jar of, what were they, frogs? He he breaks the jar and then Dick freaks out on Trixie and yells at her that she needs to get a broom and clean up the broken glass. He's really mean to Trixie for some reason because he's nice to everyone else, including Honey and Jim. Right. Because she is already suspicious of everything he does. There's, a, there's an energy between them. Yeah. She's got her um, her vibe out and it's not good. I just thought it was interesting that Bobby told Dick, um, apparently, that Trixie works works for her allowance that her dad gives her i mean that's a lot for him to communicate trixie has to work for allowance around the house then my dad pays him money i mean that sort of thing was what he would have to say which i right. find very and does he really know which window is honey's from the outside that seems like it's a huge mansion maybe it just seems from the inside and the outside things are so different right okay i don't have anything else in that chapter all right Chapter six. Okay, so Trixie's going to spend the night at Honey's to catch the thief. So she drinks coffee and takes a cold shower to stay awake, but she falls asleep anyway. <laughs> it seems like she does pretty fast. Someone tries to break into Honey's room. Trixie screams and runs into the hallway to see someone run around the corner. And later she sneaks down to the kitchen to see if the door is latched. Jim follows and catches her. And now he knows she's up to something. Then we're on Friday, the next morning. Mm-hmm. Honey tells Trixie she is insane to suspect Dick because of the letter of recommendation from Mr. Wheeler's friend. Trixie tells Jim about the diamond. Brian and Mart return from camp and are filled in on the situation. Honey shows them the diamond. This was an action-packed chapter. That was. A lot going on here. First, let's discuss Trixie trying to keep herself awake. She's drinking coffee, which sounds horrible. She completely scalds her throat and then keeps drinking it. <laughs> I mean, I get that she she wants to stay awake, but it's not so much the taste. It's the how hot it is. She's supposed to be burning her tongue. Yes. Also, she's taking a cold shower, which I don't think would keep you awake for very long. I kept thinking, move the dang diamond. Right. The thief can come in and look for it, and then it's not there. So even exactly. if he succeeds in coming in and looking, he's not going to. They find have it. moved it to a safe place. So he would probably have woken them up and strong-armed them into saying it. But still, I don't know why it's in that place when they know. I, it seems like Trixie wants. Was hoping, obviously was hoping that he would come in and she wanted to catch him. But when it happened, she just was so afraid she couldn't catch him. I guess she was startled because she had fallen asleep. Yeah. So many secrets because 
Honey's right there in the same room. And she says, Trixie quickly decided that there was no sense in worrying Honey until she could prove her suspicion. So no one's supposed to tell Jim. Don't worry, Honey. Just secrets, secrets galore. And then... It, it, I feel like it's the fact that she wants to solve the mystery herself, but she seems to also be worrying a lot about people not believing her, which makes sense given the fact that they don't a lot of the time. But she seems to know that that's why she's not telling people, which is mm-hmm. interesting. It is. And then Jim, of course, has found out. I mean, he's he's smart. <laughs> Brian and Mart show up. One of the first things Jim says is, boy, am I ever glad to see you too. Maybe you can talk your wacky sister into turning the diamond she and Honey found over to the police. Way to blurt it out. And then Honey takes out the diamond. I'll show it to you. I happen to bring it with me, which is actually smart on the level of she took it out of the jewelry box finally, but she's also carrying a diamond around with her in her pocket. And then Mart agrees that they shouldn't call the police. He wants to take a crack at it before the experts take over. And that's really it for the chapter. Okay. Chapter seven. We're still on Friday, obviously. Honey and Jim decide to switch rooms to catch the thief. Jim doubts it's Dick because of the letter of recommendation. Honey adds that he's very good looking and doesn't seem like a thief. Trixie notices Dick's black eye and doesn't believe the story about being kicked by Jupiter, the horse. And while Trixie does chores, Honey is going to show the boys the clues that they've already found. I think it's interesting that they, why are they switching rooms? I mean, why are they moving everything they own into a different room when they could have just slept in the other room, right? Yeah. I mean, he could have slept in Honey's bed and she could have slept in his. Right. I don't understand the the reason for m- completely moving to a different room. Right. And this letter of recommendation, they're, they're putting a lot of stock in that because it comes from this friend of Mr. Wheeler's. But as far as I can tell, no one's read the letter yet. Funny that Jim, three weeks after being adopted, knows that the guy that wrote the letter recommendation, who he is and how he's one of dad's best friends. And and then Honey's like, oh, Dick is so very good looking. People who steal diamonds and lurk around in thickets eavesdropping don't look like that. Right. But Trixie doesn't agree. She thinks he looks mean and thin lips <laughs> and eyes close together. Those thin lipped people. They're just can't be trusted. I was wondering if they did any, if you have any comparison from the older ones with what they're wearing. Yeah, there's a lot of fashion things. A lot of them were really just like things that aren't that big of a deal. Like I I just noticed like on page 85 when they're going to do a quick swim in the lake before breakfast. It said the girls were wearing denim shorts and tops, so they didn't bother to change into swimsuits. And it just doesn't seem like something in 1951, when this book was written, that they would be wearing denim shorts. The only thing that they have was in the last chapter, Martin Bryan, in the early version, Martin Bryan are clad in swimming trunks. And then in the later version, it's not mentioned at all. But they still mm. mentioned that they go swimming later. They, I guess they just decide that it's not important what they're wearing okay this is the chapter where they decide brian decides to be the resident doctor at jim's outdoor school for underprivileged boys he kind of holds on to that yes for dear life and then mart with the agricultural 
part of the business, right? Yes. He accepted a job as farming, being head of the farming department at the school. Right. That's yes. And that does carry on all of the books so far where we're up to. One thing that they bring up for the first time in this book, in this chapter that they continue to mention throughout the book is the dog wagon. They say in this one, like, who knows, Dick might have driven into town last night and got into a brawl at the dog wagon. It's not capitalized. It's two words. And they talk about that dog wagon at least a half a dozen times in the book. And I kept looking it up and looking it up and it's showing me a picture of like a little red (laughs) radio flyer wagon with a dog in it. (laughs) No, what was a dog wagon? The only thing I found was a small restaurant specializing in short orders that occupies a converted streetcar or bus. Yeah, no, it's actually... It is a short order restaurant, a greasy spoon, sandwich shop, hole in the wall. Those are the definitions. Those are the examples. You had a better Google search than I did. So So a lot of stuff happened at that dog wagon in this book. Yeah. It sounds like a bar. I don't know many greasy spoons where people are beating each other up. They sounded so nonchalant about it. Maybe you got in a fight at the dog wagon. And, Sounds like a rush place. It's a definitely a restaurant because they mention people stopping in there for a bite to eat. And yeah, it can also be a hot dog stand. <laughs> that's also that's also a reference to a hot dog stand. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, this is we do find out kind of why Dick proceeds to not love Trixie because she confronts him about the black eye that he says he got from being kicked in the face by a horse, which be a lot worse than a black eye. And also, he's she is the only one that he tells that particular story to, which is strange because yeah, like you would yeah, yeah. pick a story and stick with it. Yeah, didn't he tell someone else he was stumbling around and hit a door or something? Yeah. Here we have the first use of gleeps on page ninety-one by Mart. In this, I don't think this is in this just this chapter. It's kind of throughout the whole book. Why just why did they hate their job so much at the camp? I mean, it sounds like they were just miserable the whole time. And I couldn't really tell what it says that they were preschoolers. Did they spend the summer with do you send your preschooler away to sleepaway camp and let No, but we don't really boys? know, I guess, if it's sleepaway camp or not. They could be going to day camp. I guess. They're sleeping away. But yeah. But we don't know if the kids are sleeping over, so. True. That's true. Okay, so we're going to move on to chapter eight, also still Friday. Okay, so this is the result of Honey showing the boys the clues, okay? The scuff marks in the gatehouse had been walked over, probably messed up by Naylor. Heel prints and thicket were crisscrossed with each other, with other footprints. The tire treads had been parked over, as if someone had changed a tire there honey realizes she's lost the diamond that is an exclamation mark the possible suspects at this point they come up with are gallagher who was the old gardener helen the new maid nailer the new gardener and dick that's what they they've they've gotten it down to honey trixie and jim search the belden lawn for the diamond and Martin Bryan come out with Bobby and they start searching too. I thought <laughs> I thought it was really funny that 
When Bobby tells everyone that Dick has the day off, he says he asked Miss Trask and she said he could, but he's got to come back tonight. Okay, first of all, that's a full two sentences. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I, I don't, <laughs> using the word axed, A X E D, I thought that was a little interesting word choice. Yes. Is it foreshadowing? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, and it sounds like Naylor was down at the cottage messing around, so. Didn't even know that cottage existed. No, and why is he, there's nothing in there. And Naylor is new to this, he's the gardener of of this property Mm -hmm. that is hundreds and hundreds of acres, but he's, that's where he's going to go on day two. Well, did, did Honey go and pick up the tools yet? She was going to go down there and get the. I don't know. Maybe the, no, that doesn't make sense because she does go down there. So he's, he's obviously looking for something. I don't know what, you know, just make him look a little more suspicious. Trying to make him look suspicious. Yes. Yeah. Um, Whatever happened to Bobby riding horses? Because in this chapter, his mother says, Bobby's getting to be quite a horseman. Jim gave him a ride on lady a while ago and the kid's really good. Later, he, he he never is on a horse again, as far as no. I know. And he no. watches them ride away, and he's sad, and he... In one of the nit, nitpicks, it talks, it does talk about that issue, mm. but I can't remember. Yes. Outside okay. of the fact that he he's ridden Lady, and he's a horseman, and then I think he rides some pony or something. I'm surprised they didn't take that out, but it's in mine. And okay. also, <laughs> I thought it was funny that... Trixie says a crow has probably made off with it by now. This is her explanation for where the diamond is. Honey and I know about crows. They can't resist anything that glitter. <laughs> oh, they, that's a reference to the red trailer mystery. It is where the crow stole everything. And then Honey just totally loses it. And she hopes it is lost. She never wants to see the horde thing again. It's practically ruined her whole summer in one day. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's she's definitely got hormones How going. How did she okay. lose it? It seems like that would be a very important thing to show yeah. everyone and then everyone knows what you're going to do with it. Okay, you hold right. on to that, honey. Put it in your, not just, oh, she must have slipped through her fingers? or I do don't know. She didn't pocket? notice. Um, yeah. I had a, a definition to talk about because Trixie says, why so cheery? All our clues ruined. And Jim says, they didn't amount to a row of pins anyway. Oh, I don't. So in the early fifties, you might get offered instead, if you paid for something, instead of coins as change, they would offer you a packet of pins in lieu of the change. And one row of pins was equal to a quarter penny. Why would so they do that? I guess it means not much. Like they didn't even amount, those clues didn't amount to a row of pins. So that wasn't even worth, those they, Those clues weren't even worth a quarter of a penny, I guess is what he's saying. Why would they do that? <laughs> yes, I don't know. How many pins, rows of pins? Like I would pay? want my change, please. Change, <laughs> I don't please. want pins. Give me the, I'll take the half penny yeah. instead of two <laughs> rows of pins. Right. Yeah, okay. there were like another, this was another chapter with theory, theory, theory. I have written right. on the side. Theory eight, theory nine, theory 10. Right. There were a lot of theories. Yeah. But I did think, again, Trixie is being very smart here because 
Honey suggests that maybe Gallagher would be a good suspect because he left because he quit Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. a dumb reason. And Trixie says that is doesn't make sense because why would he basically why would he leave if he wanted a chance to get into the house and, and steal it back? I thought, again, Trixie, she's got, I guess if you throw enough theories around, one of them will stick because she certainly has a lot of theories. And they're very detailed. Yeah. And then this is where on page 102, it says it might have been one of the maids, Helen. Miss Trask just hired her on Monday. Mm -hmm. So again, like I said, a, a new employee just comes on the scene. So Bobby says, I know what a facet is. I washed my hands under the kitchen facet when I got through making mud pies. That is a whole sentence with only saying one word wrong, which would be a hard word for a Mm six-year-old. It's just, I I just really want to understand this Bobby thing and why it was so unpredictable. That's all I have for chapter eight. Unless you have something, I'm going to go to chapter nine. We won't need to spend a lot of time on because I only have Bobby tells them he found the diamond. They retrace his steps and figure out that he conveniently put it back in Honey's jewelry box. That is the entire chapter. Quite Yeah, and it took them seven pages to describe that of the tracing of Bobby's steps. You know what's funny is uh, Mart says gleeps. In, in this one and yeah that's the first one that i noticed i oh, really I note first one or was it edited in and i was so excited <laughs> to see it and now i realized this is the third one already that i didn't even notice goodness that's weird because you're usually right on gleeps patrol i know honey says um not to worry if they get caught because if the police come around asking for diamonds right mother will give them one of hers Mm-hmm. I was like, sure, she will. <laughs> I put all the rich. <laughs> Daddy has plenty of money. He can keep us out of jail. So I'm going to point this out now because it becomes a huge theme throughout these books. And I don't want to bring it up every time. Okay. Okay. This whole fear that Trixie has about getting in trouble and going to jail because she's involved in some sort of a mystery. Okay. So Mm -hmm. here she says, now we will go to jail, not only for withholding information, but for aiding and abetting a criminal. If only I'd let honey give the thing to her father, the minute we found it. And, and she brings this up a lot, this aiding and abetting. Okay, so I just wanted to quickly go over that. Okay. Aiding and abetting is when you're working together with the criminal and you're a willful participant of the crime. So basically, you're doing something to help the criminal. The fact that you're not giving the diamond to the police doesn't mean you're working with the criminal because you're not trying to help the criminal. Right. You're trying to yeah. solve the mystery. You're trying to help the police. Right. Which is typically what she's she's doing. And then an accessory after the fact is when, which is kind of more what she's talking about here, where after crime, you help out to cover up the crime. So mm. her not giving the evidence to the police. But it is not because you have to have the intent that, to help the the criminal avoid punishment. Or, yeah, and you know, I feel like there's that element of knowledge that right. 
knowledge and your actions have to be to help that person, but they're actually not helping the person because they're trying to keep the diamond away. And they're, they're not keeping the police from, you know, they're not keeping them from avoiding punishment. They're trying to help, you know, the police arrest him and punish them. So it's just, I, I just want to bring it up and, you know, it, it comes up a lot. The aiding and abetting part, that that's usually what she's worried about. She's usually worried about withholding evidence from the police. There's no reason why she couldn't go to the police and say, hey, we found this diamond. We decided that we were going to keep it. And now it's missing. And we know that there's jewel thieves. I mean, they wouldn't, there was, there'd be no crime for her. Right. I mean, if you right. find something, you find something. You don't have an obligation unless the police come and ask you if you have it. That's not legal advice. <laughs> I'm nobody's lawyer here. Bobby's screaming, help, help. Now he can't say help, you know, before he could say facet. But so, yeah, so this chapter kind of just goes through looking for it. The Tower of Babel is referred to, and I did not know what that was, but it is a biblical origin myth used to explain why people speak different languages. You didn't know what the Tower of Babel was, and you just listened to a podcast in which they've gone through Genesis and Exodus. Did they talk about the Tower of oh, Babel? Yes, they did. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen. Yes, I think it's in Genesis. Oh, my God. Uh, I just got, I'm on Exodus now. I know. Um, they also, oh. very close to that, um, Trixie says she's starting off to look for something, like diamond, I guess. We're in the middle of that. Uh, and she started off for the little pond below the rock garden and says, if I don't show up in an hour, you'll know right. I met the same fate as Clementine. And that is refers to, oh, my darling Clementine song. Do you know that song? I do. And I know what uh, it's referring to. I didn't know what it was referring to because in the song, apparently she stubs her toe, falls in the river and drowns. Mm -hmm. But my mom used to sing that song when I was like a toddler. She sang a lot. And um, when I looked up the lyrics, I had that song in my head for the next two to three days. That's not good. Wasn't so good. I just have that she trips and falls into a raging torrent of Bryn and drowns as her lover is unable to swim and unwilling to attempt to rescue her. It's a very sad story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I used to know that song as a child as well, and yeah, I just it's one of those things where you just don't think about it. Like Ring Around the Rosie is uh, right the plague. Yeah, it is. So you all just fall down. They all die. Yeah, they all die. Mm-hmm. Pocket full of posies because they used flowers to uh, cover the smell of all the dead bodies. Okay, let's move on. Happier right. things. One other thing that I had marked was when Mart tells them that they were looking at, at down the river and state troopers stopped them and wanted to know if they had noticed any strangers lurking around the woods near camp. They're on the trail of two famous dips, which dip is yes. a po- pickpocket. They just go on. I'm like, nobody cares that the <laughs> state troopers are on the trail of pickpocketers. Nope. They don't put that together with their case at all. Yeah. Well, they kind well, they talk about Dick the dip. Maybe he's one of your pickpockets. And then they, and then that's it. Yeah. That's it. Then they start talking. Then they realize, of course, Bobby has somehow put the diamond back in the box after losing it out of his pocket, having it in a sand pile where he had it in a teddy bear. Did you try and put it in his teddy bear? 
He had it in, in Jim's camera. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, it was filler. I think that whole chapter. I was like, (laughs) what are the chances that he could get it? He didn't even know where, where the, it wasn't even like he took it out of the jewelry box. And so therefore knew that there was a secret compartment in this Uh -uh. jewelry box, in this room of this huge mansion. He found it on the grass. Right. He has the fact that he would. Like, I mean, a million to one, a billion to one. (laughs) What are the chances? Okay. So here's the deal with that. He was with Honey and Jim as they were moving rooms. So that's why he was up in the room and had access to the jewelry box. Okay. So he so, was there and he just thought, oh, there's a there's a jewelry yeah, box. Here's a box a with a little place. compartment. I'm going to put this in here. A secret compartment that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Mm, <laughs> of course. So that actually is the explanation that I have for that. All right. Well, they found it. They did. That's where they found it. Although I don't know why Bobby can't just say this is where I put it. Number 10, house party. I want to have a house party. Lisa and I are fond of the idea of house parties. Yes. Everyone comes, they stay for days, they days and just eat and party and sing and (laughs) do all kinds of fun things. We learned about the house party in one of the Betsy Tacey books and they had a whole summer of house parties or was that a separate book was it a book called the house party it was um carney carney's house party betsy didn't even really go to that one remember she just kind of showed didn't she just show up just showed up but they did have house parties along the way in the yeah 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 they did and that was just a whole book right of that that was a whole summer of house parties yeah they had shorter house parties where they would sleep on a porch there would be so many people yeah, it's, it's kind of everyone sleeps over. It's like a slumber party that just lasts an entire weekend or weeks. That is the title. Okay. <laughs> that was a little sidebar. Okay, chapter 10. Dick has suspiciously taken the day off to go to the doctor about his black eye. Mart hides the diamond in a new hiding place, which is a pincushion. And Miss Trask invites everyone to a weekend house party, which it was interesting that it was her idea. That's all I have. Those are the notes. Okay. So let's get into this house party because it lasts a very long time. The entire weekend. (laughs) The entire weekend. Right. Okay. But it's Friday and the book's over Saturday night. It's going to be, we still have half the book left. So it's going to be a busy house party. So they just surmise if they wait, the police will love them. This is Trixie. But if we give them the diamond before we solve the mystery, we won't be so popular. Especially now that all the clues have been ruined. Okay. <laughs> is her is her goal to catch the, the thief or to be popular? I have a whole little blurby thing about Susie the horse that I'm going to save till the end. So we can skip those parts for now. All right. This whole riding thing without boots. I just, it's so dangerous. Please, please don't ride a horse without without wearing some sort of boots with a heel because your foot can go through the stirrup and your leg is going to get stuck and then you're going to get drugged a really long way if anything should go wrong. That sounds painful. It's deadly is what it is. So, so yeah, so they do talk 
about the boots. Brian's boots, he's outgrown. Jim is just nonchalantly saying only mother and dad wear them around there here. But when Trixie was first at the very beginning in Secret of the Mansion, Reagan gave her a huge lecture about wearing boots. Mm-hmm. And when she so. met Honey, well, she changed, she met one of the times that she was dressed in full riding gear. I'm sure yes. that included boots. Boots. I also don't like that they're not wearing helmets. Wear helmets and boots. Be safe, kids. I've seen a helmet cracked in half and the person's head was okay. So, And then we also have Gleeps, Creeps, and Weeps. Mm-hmm. Mark, Mark is very, that. very excited about this house party, isn't he? This whole chapter is just it's about the diamond and them hiding it. They want to hear Tracy's theory again. I'm like, yes. really? <laughs> Let's hear your theory. Right. And then they have Mart hide the diamond inside, inside a strawberry pin cushion. Right. That's full of cobwebs up in the attic. And they then worry that Bobby's going to find that. Like, I don't understand. This is a big house. Tons right. of stuff. It's like the attic. It doesn't look like anyone's been up there. How is it? It's in a little pin cushion. It's Well, they think Bobby is going to find it. Right. Well, they think he's going to throw it and throw it away to yeah. spite them because he's so angry. Yes. He's going to pick that thing. He's going to, you know, I know what will get Trixie really mad. I'll throw away her sewing basket when she hates sewing and everyone That's up in it. the attic. I, I, I find, I feel like the attic probably was, I picture it being where one of those things where you have to pull the stairs down from in the hallway. Yeah. I finding it hard to believe that a six-year-old boy would be able to. I think there were stairs. Just a stairway going right yeah. up there. Yeah. I think that's a newer thing where you pull down the mm. thing. I think attics before were like a door with stairs that went up. Right. Okay. Would be my guess. All right. So that's that whole chapter, basically. <laughs> okay. The only other thing I had to say was this is kind of one of the one of the first times where Mart starts to talk right. in with using a bigger vocabulary than what Trixie can follow. It's not horrible, but he does say from the evidence, I would say that it was relegated to the attic on Christmas night. Yeah. And Trixie is getting angry. Stop using big words. It's getting on my nerves. So it gets way, way out of control in some of the other. Yeah. Yes. It gets worse and worse and worse. I just think he's coming across as very, you know, know it all. His pompous attitude is coming out. A little bit. And then they, it's, I think then some of the other authors just take that attribute of his personality and run with it. Yeah. And then it gets real annoying. Okay. Oh, chapter 11. All I have written down is they decide that Bobby might find the pin cushion. Yeah. So they have to go and get it. Right. And then they have to bring it back for Honey to sew up. And then someone has to bring it back. And so they have to, and they're all supposed to be staying at the house party all weekend. So every time they come and go, they have to make up reasons to the parents of why they're there. Because it would be, if I were home and my kid came and just came running in the house and went straight up to the attic, then came running down and running out of the house. What the hell is happening? Why are you here? So, okay. So then when Trick, is it Trixie and Mart? That go bring it back after. Yeah, that's it. Well, that actually is the next chapter. This is they're just discussing it. Uh, All right. Um, Also, we have Reagan who says about the servants, I don't know why they can't walk into town once in a while. 
Dick is still MIA. Yes. And Celia and the cook want to go. And Reagan says, I don't know why they can't walk into town once in a while. It's two miles away. That's a pretty long walk after you've worked all day. And they're not kids. Yeah. And I would assume that I would assume that's sort of in the job description. And it's supposed to rain. Right. And they want to go to the movies. So, okay. And then this is where we learn about rape. Rachel, how Mrs. Wheeler calls all of the cooks Rachel. Mm. That's nice. Because so far, Mart, we have never been able to keep a cook long enough for all of us to remember her name. Yeah. That's that takes really... like five minutes to, oh, this is Martha. Okay. Martha and then you now. Work with her. And then, and, then because, and then you on the staff work with her. Right. And you would think that the other servants would be referring to the cook by her name instead of just calling her cook because <laughs> they're on the same, you know, level. Yeah. And then here's a here's a little exchange of, with Mart and Trixie about words again, where he says, um, you ought to hire a chef. He said men are more stable than women. And she right. explodes. Will you stop using big words? And then she says she does know what stable means. Right. But why couldn't you simply have said that men are more reliable than women? So reliable so it, yeah. versus stable, yep. I think. So it's not about the big word. It's about being disparaging towards women is the problem. She's just verbalizing it as it's a big word. Maybe. Yeah. But they have a big, like a two-page conversation about different right. words he's used that she yes. didn't know like equestrian and you know why yeah. couldn't you just have said that i'm a famous horseback rider yeah yeah it's just sort of i think setting us up for later books where they really take it to the edge now do you have the new maid referred to in the book as plump helen <laughs> yes i <laughs> we do have the same book i do all right Okay, I wasn't picturing on. I wasn't picturing her as plump in my mind. Helen always I picture what I picture Helen Keller. She was the first oh, Helen I ever yes. I ever knew oh, of and okay. I picture her as very very tall and thin with red hair and I'm not right. sure if that's and long what Helen hair. Keller looked yeah. like but that's any Helen in a book every, about the 40s. Right? Every Helen looks like Helen Keller. I think that's a good place for us to stop for this week. I agree. Okay, so I hope you all join us next week for part two of the Gatehouse Mystery. Until next time. The end. The end.